When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Is the American dream dead? And tell me you don't want my business without telling me you don't want my business. We're going to get into what all of this means right here on Critical Thinking. Yes, I'm Pat Oney filling in for Andrew Coppins while he is still on his much needed vacation. Uh, I did just hear back from him a little bit ago, and he actually may be back for the Thursday, maybe the Friday show this week. If not, he'll definitely be back on Monday, though. Um, so until he is back, no Rumble video. You can still, however, go watch our previous Rumble videos or even subscribe to our channel by going to rumble.com backslash critical thinking. You can follow me over on the socials at the Petoni Show. Um, also, uh, Andrew over at the Coppins show as well, except for Instagram. Um, weirdly enough, it has to be a critical thinking show over on Instagram because people were getting his show Instagram and his real estate Instagram confused. So he, he had to change that one up a bit. Uh, that being said, um, we also will not be doing a book club today. We've been doing uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich. Uh, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial. So this never happens again by Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz. Um, we had um, Daniel on uh, about a month and a half ago now um, to talk about the book. And uh, we've been going through the book itself um, every Monday, um, just doing two chapters every Monday. So we're going to be postponing that this week again. Uh, we'll be continuing that uh, that discussion next week when Andrew is back. Um, and because I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if he's made it through the, the next couple of chapters that we're planning to go through yet. I've already read the whole book, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, hopefully Andrew will be able to get caught up um, with, with reading and stuff like that, because so, I know he's been away. That being said, I want to get into today's show. I, I asked the question at the beginning of the show, is the American dream dead? Well, first of all, uh, I think we have to define what the American dream is. Now, my definition being that I'm more of the right conservative nature um, versus Andrew might might have some subtle differences to what he would say. Now, him being more of a conservative libertarian 
you know, there will be a lot of similarities, but there might be some some subtle differences here and there. Now, if we were to ask somebody that was more progressive or liberal, I think we're going to get a completely definition altogether. But I wanted to find this first before we get into the actual discussion. And we're just going to go with, for sake of argument, the uh, layout that this article from Intellectual Takeout provides in the very beginning of their article. It says, a white picket fence, two and a half kids, weekend barbecues, the vision was once ingrained in the American psyche. The American dream imagined this way was portrayed across media, permeated American culture. So what they're saying is, you know, you have a family, you have a couple of kids, you have the white picket fence, you have a house, maybe a dog, you know, you you have a job that is um, uh, able to provide for said family, you're doing what you love to do. That's, that's kind of what what this is ultimately getting to, is that you're, you're doing what, what you ultimately want to do at the end of the day in terms of your career, you're able to provide for a family, you're able to have that family, you're able to have a house, and and have a very particular lifestyle, um, and, and which I would also include in in this definition this. You have liberty. You have the ability to practice the religion that you want. You have the uh, practice to, to identify whatever political ideology that you want without being ridiculed. Um, and you could also, by the way, live next to people that fundamentally have very different ideals, creeds, faiths, religions, etc. next to you. In theory, you could do that. That That is, in, in my version, what is the American dream? Combined with what intellectual takeout just said here, of course. Um, in, in my case, you know, I don't necessarily have the white picket fence. I have a fence. Um, and I, I don't have kids yet, um, but I do have a couple of dogs. Um, I'm, I'm able to provide for my family. I'm able to do ultimately what I enjoy at the end of the day. Um, I would much prefer to be doing this full time, but, um, you know, I do this as much as I can and, uh, you know, filling in for Andrew, I'm doing this daily right now. So, um, of course, we're, we're usually both on the show together as well, but ultimately I would love to do this just as my full time career. Granted, radio is a very difficult way to make money. It's a very difficult business to make it in. It's not going to stop me from trying, though, because for me, this is more about the money than, than about what uh, what this means to me and what this stands for and, and, and what I can use it for and to hopefully, in some manner or fashion, um, get all of you to critically think um, to, uh, from a... Not necessarily just a conservative point of view, but also from a biblical worldview. Um, some of my my being part that I'm part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints will also pop through from time to time. But it's just ultimately to get you think and think about life, think about where we are as a country, what do we need to do to defend it, um, and, and ultimately have that revival at the end of the day. I think that that is one of the biggest things that that we've often talked about. And in recent years is this revi- this concept of revival or bust. Because we are so fundamentally different as a culture now that I would even say pre-pandemic. We are incredibly different now than what we were pre-pandemic. I, I would argue that most of you within the sound of my voice probably don't 
recognize our country today versus four years ago. To me, it looks very different. Even in the state of Utah, it looks very different. And Utah is traditionally a very red conservative state. It still looks different. Andrew would even say in Illinois that there are, and especially in Chicago, things have been different. Um, you know, granted, I don't know how much different it is for him per se, but, you know, it, things have changed and they are continuing to change. To which, the back to the intellectual takeout article, they said, Today, America feels like a different place. The claim that America is evil, unforgivably and systemically racist, sexist, and hateful runs counter to the ideal, idyllic picture of American life. This new vision of America begs the question, is the American dream dead? So the, the premise of this is to argue if the because of all of our cultural changes and because of now how we treat each other as a whole, is the American dream actually dead? Because we are so divided as a country right now, culturally speaking, that we are not what, what I think many would call us the United States of America anymore. We haven't had that united feeling for a while and that everything that has been going on. We've talked a lot about this stuff over recent weeks. Last week we talked a lot about uh, the, the um, transgender agenda, if you will. What's going on in Nashville and, and the reactions of the culture um, in wake of the Nashville shooting last week which was absolutely ridiculous. If you go back, heck, even 10 years ago, we would not have the same reactions that we have now. You might have some, a, a fringe minority, but that fringe minority is quickly becoming not a fringe minority. So what do you do, right? So is the American dream dead? So... Um, this article breaks it down into a couple of different parts. It, talk, it talks about the American society, the economics and inflation, and um, ultimately the American dream itself. So under, under American society, it says, over the last few decades, American culture and society has dramatically shifted. And within the past couple of years, since the COVID-19 lockdowns, this change has quickened. Uh, Katrina Trinko points out while discussing in a recent Wall Street Journal poll in August 2019, mere months before the COVID-19 pandemic would shatter normal life in America, 89% of Americans thought hard work was very important, according to a Wall Street Journal NBC News poll. 60% of Americans saw community involvement as a very important over 6 out of 10 Americans thought patriotism was very important. Almost half of Americans, 48% saw religion as very important. And 43% saw having children as very important. Now, I covered this poll last week, I believe, on, on WTF Wednesday. So if you want to go back and check out that poll, um, go, go and check it out. Um, it should be last Wednesday's episode. Uh, <clears throat> a new Wall Street Journal poll conducted by NORC at the University of Chicago finds that support of these values has plummeted. Now, two-thirds of Americans, 67%, see hard work as being very important. Only 38% see patriotism as very important. When it comes to religion, having children, it's now 39% and 30% respectively, and uh, uh, who see those, those 
matters is very important. The moral of the American people, or the morale of the American people, seems to have been crushed. American trust in institutions is at an all-time low. And in the hostile political cultural climate, other examples of the dearth, dearth of hope for the future abound. Okay, so to address this, Yes, our culture has has changed. We've been at a in a cultural war. I would even argue just before the the COVID nineteen pandemic, but I, I I think the COVID nineteen pandemic has fundamentally made it worse. People were locked down. They were isolated from the people that they loved and cared about, and and were used to seeing on a frequent basis. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs, um, jobs that by the way will never come back. Um, businesses that will never come back because they, they can't afford to reopen. They can't. They they aren't able to do those things. Um, so, you know, you, you have that, and then and then you have this anger within a lot of these people that they are not able to any longer do what they love to do. You know, we used to have American Pride roasters on the show, and. Um, it wasn't the pandemic that, that really hurt them. And they're still around, don't get me wrong. But uh, they they had the whole tornado happen to their house. And it was a question of, for at least a time, if Dave uh, or if DM and DM was going to be able to get his business back up. Which he did very slowly. Um, I don't know where it is now. But, it you know, when things like that happen and you're a small business and really it's it's... And, and I, I'll even say this. There are a lot of people in this country that don't understand how a small business works. They think just because you are a business owner means you're doing very well for yourself financially, that you are able to um, easily make ends meet and that you're able to um, make a living and that you have all this money, right? That is not necessarily true especially for small businesses which fundamentally are the lifeblood of the american economy by the way but just because they are that does not mean that they are you know rich like bill gates or that they're even in the top one percent of the country Uh, a lot of these businesses you know they bring in enough to provide for their families and for their employees and also to pay for their cost of goods things like that, they're able to do that, but that doesn't mean that they're making buku bucks. It doesn't mean that. And when you when you are counting for the economic inflation, I've seen this happen a lot, especially within the industry that I work in for my day job. A lot of these businesses are cutting back marketing costs. They're cutting back costs fundamentally with employees or having to let otherwise good employees go because they can't afford to keep them on. Um, you know, the, and then there, there are even businesses that are going out of business. In fact, I just saw a, an article earlier um, that, uh, you know, Joe Biden, um, small business bankruptcies reach worrisome level at, uh, as Biden touts the rising business formation. Is, is it really a rising formation when you have a lot of people closing up shop? I would submit probably not. I haven't looked at the data behind it. But philosophically speaking, you know, 
this probably wouldn't have happened had it not been for the COVID-19 pandemic. There's the, the COVID-19 pandemic, even though it is all for all intents and purposes over. And in fact, I would argue it was a pandemic that never really was to begin with, uh, at least not at the level in which, you know, people like Fauci would claim to be, excuse me. Um, the science registered trademark or no, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, Lord, President, Savior, Dr. Anthony Fauci would say. So, excuse me, I, I apologize for, for, for misspeaking there. This, for, for what happened in 2020, and even in 2021, is still having an effect on this country. We're still seeing the effects of that. Um, the, the policies that came out of that, um, specifically the economic policies that came out of, of the COVID-19 pandemic um, have changed the landscape of our economy. It has changed things drastically for your mom-and-pa mom, mom type businesses. So people are, are less likely to be able to do what they truly love, what they truly believe in anymore because of the economy, because of things like inflation. Uh, <clears throat> the article actually says, feeding into this sentiment is the economic future of America is facing. Inflation has outpaced wage growth during the past few years with economic stimulus policies, which we've talked a little bit about this in the past. We actually, I think it was 2019, was it 2019 or 22, where we, we actually saw wage growth actually outpacing um for the first time in a while, but that, that very quickly changed during all of that. And so what you're seeing is the, um, <clears throat> the, uh, inflation is actually outpacing wage growth. Uh, this means that people are effectively earning less. Um, even though they be making more dollars, uh, those dollars don't buy much as they did in 2019. They're right. Um, look at the cost of milk, eggs, for example. Uh, look at the interest rates, specifically in the automotive industry. Um, they, they've been absolutely awful. Um, my wife wants to get a new car because her car sucks. You know, a few years ago, we actually had to turn in her lease. And then we decided we're not going to lease another car, but we're going to buy a used car. And she, she bought a Mazda CX-9. And, you know, the interest rate wasn't bad at the time or anything like that. But this car has not been, it's been all right for like um, minimal distance type things and stuff like that. But it, it's it's needed quite a bit of maintenance. It's gotten fairly expensive. And part of us wish that, you know, looking back at it, that we would have, at the time, we would have just bought a new car, but we didn't. Now we're kind of like, uh, do we get a new car or not? Because the interest rates aren't that great. Um, in terms of, of, of cars. And, and so we, we don't necessarily want to just do that. It's like, we're better off sticking with what we have, waiting for those interest rates to come down and waiting for a better, more economical time for us to buy a new car. A lot of people are having to make these kinds of decisions. They're not able to do as much with their dollars anymore as they were, um, pre pandemic. That being said, um, <clears throat> 
if we're talking about the American dream, in the beginning, I preface this by saying, you know, you were able to, to go to work, provide for your family, do what you want to do. And you're able to ultimately have at least most of the things that you would want in life, especially the house, the white picket fence and, and the family, right? Being able to, to have and provide for all of those things. Now it seems harder. At the very, at least economically, it's it's harder than it's been in a while. Um, I mean, granted, we had the whole thing in two thousand eight, um, and then you know now we have this going on, um, and this is this is just fundamentally changed things. Uh, it says, despite stagnant wage growth, these younger Americans are more educated than ever in terms of graduating high school or college through the quality of education, subject to much debate, and. As we might expect as a result, student loan debt over the past decade um, over the past decade and a half has has rapidly grown. Um, yeah, that's that's grown up a lot. In fact, I just I saw another one. Um, I believe it was on Reason earlier. saw another article where uh, most there's a poll out where it says um, most Americans, um, let's see if I can find it here really quick. Uh, mo- most Americans don't, like don't see the point in getting a college degree anymore. It's not worth it's not worth the expense. And honestly, I've been saying that for a while. I mean, for some people, it might make sense, depending on what you're wanting to do with your life, especially if you're wanting to go to like medical school and become a doctor or a lawyer. It might be worth it. On the other hand, it might not be worth it. I would also argue I would look very heavily into whatever schools, whether that be in-state or out-of-state, and making that decision and making the school uh, choice on 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 what's going to be good for your, your pocketbook and your bank account uh, in terms of what school you go to. Just because there's a Harvard out there or a Yale or a Princeton doesn't mean that, you know, they are worth going to if it's just going to put you in mounds and mounds of debt. I get the prestige. I get the name recognition. I understand all of those things. But something that that my parents, because I just had a sister that started college at uh, the University of Ohio this year. <clears throat> and she she's going into music education. She initially was going to go to Ohio State, though, and she actually got in to one of three open trumpet spots on the Ohio State marching band. She turned it down and she now is is now in the marching band at the University of Ohio, which is still a very prestigious program for for a marching band by the way too. Um, and they also have a very good music education program at least according to my sister. The reason why she chose University of Ohio over Ohio State is because they gave her a better scholarship. Uh, they they were able to work with her a little bit better financially. She won't have as much debt when she comes out of college, um, whereas Ohio State was was vastly more money. And I asked her. I said, "How do you pass up the Ohio State marching band?" Because I don't know if I, being your age, that I would have done something like that had I been in band. And honestly, she gave me probably the most mature answer I think I've ever heard when it comes to selecting. She's like, "I'm going to school." to become a teacher, to get, a, to get a degree in music education. 
I'm not going to school to play in the marching band. I'm not do I, that, that's not what I'm doing. She was more concerned about her long-term future than she was her immediate future and and doing something like that. Now, granted, playing in the Ohio State Marching Band, I mean, the glory that you would get from that would be huge. But she thought about her future, and I respect her decision for that. That is a decision that, that a lot of us and a lot of students haven't made in terms of, okay, do I go to school now, or do I wait a little bit, save up some money, then go to school and get a degree. Um, and then where do I go to school? Is it something I can afford? Or am I better off going to doing something like a trade school, which has been a rising thing over the last few years, I feel like as well, seeing some, some more kids going into different trades, things like that, having a, a fairly steady wage throughout their, their career and having very minimal debt when they, when they graduate that trade school. All of these are viable options. Options that, that, Everyone must make. Now, if we were truly to let this uh, play out, would we, and, and let the market make uh, a more adequate decision of what tuition prices should be for, for like those ma more major universities because less people are going to them because they can't afford them, would it solve the problem? Maybe, maybe, rather than trying to, you know, do the whole Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren thing of trying to, um, forgive student loan debt. I mean, my wife went to school. She paid off all of her debt. She was able to get the job that she wanted. She works in one of the best school districts in the state of Utah. And has been there. She's in year 12. No, year 11. Year 11. And, um, <clears throat> you know, of her career. And she enjoys it. Um, and she was able to pay off all of her student loan debt. See, the problem is, is, is being able to, you know, not just the inflation, but it's also the decision making of Americans on, on what is financially viable before us. I know that this is a crappy answer for some people. I know this is, but I want, I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need, I need. I need an education to make a good living. Not That's not necessarily true anymore. When I graduated college, everyone always told me jobs would be available. Um, that, that people would seek after me and, and, and get a job. And I would, I would, you know, if I got a good education, I would end up with a good job. That proved at the time, because I graduated in 2011 and we were still within the Great Secession or Recession um, under uh, Obama at that point. And I ended up working, guys, I ended up working in a warehouse for two years. That's not what I went to school for. I didn't want to work in a warehouse. I wanted to be doing something very different with my life. I didn't realize I was going to end up in the career that I'm in now either. I had very different plans. Now, my my needs and wants changed as I got a little bit older. Started, you know, experimenting with different things in terms of jobs and whatnot. And, and learning some other skills, things like that. You know, my, my once needs changed in terms of what I was pursuing. That's okay. People can have a change of heart in terms of what they want to do in life and reinvent themselves. Sometimes people do that multiple times within their life and, and it works out for them, but there is financial risk that comes with it. My point in all of this and why I'm bringing all of this up is 
this is twofold for me in terms of economics and inflation and ultimately the American dream. It's twofold. We have an economy that is incredibly expensive right now with all these in inflation, inflated prices and being able to um, keep food on the table, as it were, clothes on your back, um, being able to afford all the other luxuries and accoutrement of life. There's that. Then we also have people making decisions based upon, well, I, I need to go to school and I'm going to go into all this debt and and say and just just so I can get a piece of paper and then hope and pray that I'm going to have a good paying job that's going to allow me to pay off all of that debt within a reasonable amount of time. There are consequences to the choices being made, whether that's being choices made being made for us or choices that we've made ourselves. So a lot of this is kind of twofold. This isn't all on the just the economy. This is also the decisions of our younger generations of, well, we need to go to school so we can get a good job and we can make good money. And then and then trying to go to the school for a philosophy degree, expecting to make a hundred grand every year first out of college. No way, no way. So there's that. That's what I'm ultimately trying to get to here. So let's talk about the American dream in of itself. The so this says the economic and cultural conditions in America certainly need remedy, but our material possessions do not determine the worth of country. That's true. The worth of our country is not determined by what we have individually. That that's not how this works. America's worth, the promise of the country, and the dream in that promise are about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which ultimately, as we defined in the very beginning of the show, is really what the American dream is about. It's about having liberty, having life, being able to pursue happiness. Notice, by the way, when, when we talk about the life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, Happiness is not necessarily guaranteed. Happiness, by and large, is a choice. Um, it is a choice that we actively have to make, and then we have to pursue it. Not every day is great, grand, and wonderful. Some days are just really freaking hard. We have to work for it. We have to work for the things that we want in this life. We have the life to be able to do so. We should have the liberty to be able to do so. But under the current circumstances, the question is, do we even have that anymore? Fixing America's economic, cultural, and political situation requires first going back to the country's founding principles. We've talked about the whole revival or bust thing before. We must have revival. If we want to get back to the American dream in of itself, have the white picket fence, the couple of kids, the, the, the house, the car, the dogs, I mean, whatever that means for you and what, what you want in your life, the, our country must be a place that cultivates that kind of lifestyle. And we live in a culture that seems to be counter to that lifestyle. So, again, I ask, is the American dream dead? Well, we're not done. In a practical sense, we can find ways to revise these values in our own lives. Building community, especially religious community, can bring meaning 
and hope into our lives as well as the lives of those around us. Considering and encouraging alternative and affordable educational career opportunities such as homeschooling and apprenticeships set people up for a successful life and can give them financial stability to rise to raise a family. Seeking to create a traditional family structure, falling in love, getting married, having children, or supporting families in our lives, like by offering meals to the family with a newborn, builds the foundation for society. That is actually one good thing about the area in which I live in and about being, you know, in in the uh, Latter-day Saint culture is that generally speaking, when, when someone in your immediate community has a medical problem or they have a baby or they, they're having some hard times, a lot of people in the community will step up to help out. They'll step up in such a way that, you know, they'll, they'll bring meals over. Um, and which has been great. I mean, we, we, my wife and I have experienced this a few times and we've reciprocated this as well um, for, for other families within our area where my, my wife has been injured, blew out her knee a couple of times. We had a lot of people come over, provide meals for us. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't have to, so that we could, you know, focus on getting her well. Um, so that, that sense of community is, is important. But in our culture, do we, as a whole, getting outside of LDS culture, do we have the, the culture that cultivates that community? Or are we just a very divided culture? The way that we're headed, it's it's a very divided culture. I mean, again, we've talked about these things. We could point out the politics. We could point out the morality of society. We, we could point to the economics. We could point to lots of different things. I mean, going back to that poll that I covered last week, and it's also in this article uh, from the Wall Street Journal, the, the values of American society seem to be changing. So as they change, are these things as important? Do th- is this is is this is these change in values? Are these change in values um, able to work together with our communities to build up that culture that we used to know as the American dream? Uh, and then finally. Uh, life has uh, markedly, ch- uh, markedly changed over the past several decades in America, and not always for the better. However, that does not mean the American dream is dead. Uh, it means the American the, that America desperately needs men and women who believe in America's founding principles. I agree 100% with that. Now, I'm going to answer this question for for myself because I haven't. I've just posed this question. I've given evidence. Of, of to you to for you to decide is this the is the American dream dead and if you want to tweet at me and have this discussion with me um, on social media please do so would love love to have this discussion with you to see what you all think I don't think the American dream in of itself is dead I do think the American dream has fundamentally changed I do think it has changed because our culture has changed. And again, if you go back to the beginning of the show, and as I'm, I'm, I'm starting to open this idea and this question up, one of the things that I bring forth is that it's going to depend on who you ask. It's going to depend on what kind of ideological bent um, that person has. Because I think my definition is going to be very different from someone that is more liberal 
and progressive. The American dream isn't dead, but I, I would even I would argue this. It's dying. This is why we need that revival or bust. It's on life support, folks. I don't know that we can bring it back. I don't know that we're going to get the chance to have revival. Now, America was founded by a minority of people. The American Revolution was fought by a minority of people, and we won. We can win, but we have to step up and do our part. And I would even say this. Yes, I know I'm behind a microphone. I know I'm saying all this. I have to be an active part in my community too. I can't just be behind a microphone just saying all this. I have to be doing these things just like everybody else. We have to be an active part in our community. We have to be the counterculture, if you will, to the current culture in America. If we want this prosperity in our culture again, if we want what, you know, the, the in the traditional sense of what the American dream is, we have to have that revival. Otherwise, the American dream is never going to be what we used to know it as. It will be very different. And it will be less like a dream more than it would be like a nightmare if we don't have revival. It will be the American nightmare versus the American dream. So what do we want to settle for and how do we bring it back? Well, we have to be the counterculture to the the culture that is running rampant in our country. We have to stop things like Drag Queen Story Hour and actually making good, sound economic uh, decisions and having actual leaders in the White House and in Congress that can actually lead, not just play politics. And then we also have to have a common ground in terms of values, morals, and principles, which we don't have. And for those of us that do have it, again, we're the minority. We have to fight like hell. We have to be confrontational, not violent, but confrontational. We can be confrontational without being a jerk. We can be confrontational without being evil. We can do all of these things righteously. Having God at the center of it all. And doing all of these things and being the counterculture from a, I would dare say, a God-centered point of view. Whatever that means to you, by the way. Because I know a lot of people that listen to the show aren't um, Latter-day Saint um, I know a lot of them aren't Catholic. There are many that are evangelical. You know, Andrew and I have we we've we've brought our <clears throat> religious values um, into the show, especially those that we we share common ground on. Um, we we need a God centered culture again, um, because that is that is uh, essential. To life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely essential. So we must be the counterculture. Otherwise, again, we we are definitely headed down the path of the American nightmare versus 
what we all really want at the end of the day, which is the American dream. All right, so before I get into the last bit of the show here, I, I want to do a featured article um, from the Babylon Bee. Uh, this one is titled, 10 Silver Linings of, of Biden's Presidency. It's 10 Silver Linings of Biden's Presidency. While the Biden administration has faced its share of challenges, it's not all bad. In tough times, let's try to look at the bright side, folks. Here are 10 upsides we see in Biden's presidency. 1. The straight male patriarchy continues another four years, an over 200-year streak if you don't count James Buchanan. Uh, there was a lot of speculation whether or not James Buchanan was gay, by the way, for those that don't understand that reference, because he was the only bachelor president. And I don't remember the individual's name, but there was an, uh, an individual that was always around him. Um, and there was question of whether or not they were a couple. So um, no one knows for sure, but that that's a good funny reference from the Babylon Bee. I, I, I enjoy that. It's pretty funny watching him fall every time he tries to use the stairs. Slapstick comedy at its best. Three, people chant your name providing a warm feeling of encouragement and affirmation. Only applies to people named Brandon. (laughs) Uh, Four, he's not Hillary. Thank God for small mercies. Actually, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much better Biden's been than Hillary, but if I had to choose between the two, I mean, certainly Joe Biden, before he got all the dementia and stuff, right, and all the, all the cognitive issues, certainly would have rather have that Joe Biden than Hillary Clinton. Would I rather have Hillary Clinton now versus Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, I'd still think I'd probably go with Joe Biden, to be honest. Five. A finished border wall would have marred the lovely view across the Rio Grande. We must preserve our landmarks. Six, no large crowds when the president comes to town. Who wants all the pesky traffic? Seven, you can rest assured that the current president will never be indicted for his crimes. Peace of mind. Well, that, 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 that's because you can't indict a sitting president. Oh, he's not Kamala. That's a good one. Um, Though Andrew and I have often argued it better to have Kamala than Joe Biden at this point because at least she's of sound mind and doesn't have dementia. Now, she is stupid. Don't don't get me wrong. She is completely incompetent and a bubbling fool uh, when when she's on TV or or saying anything in public. That's true. I don't think Kamala would be much better, but at least we wouldn't have the cognitive abilities of the current president. Um, Let's see. Number nine. No more distressing media coverage of immigrants' kids, or no more distressing media coverage of immigrant kids in cages. They're all still there, but at least we don't have to think about it all the time. Ten. The confidence boost you feel knowing that no matter how badly you mess up, you're still more competent than the President of the United States. Hey, you're not doing too bad, kid. 
Well, maybe it's not so bad after all. Share your silver linings under this presidential administration in the comments. Which, if you have any other funny uh, silver linings about this presidency that you want to include, tweet them at me. If you if you get some funny ones, I will share them on the show um, throughout this week. And, uh, yeah, uh, the funnier they are, the better. So, well done by the Babylon Bee. Now, I wanted to address this because uh, just in, in, in current news, um, I, I said at the beginning of the show, tell me that you... Um, Tell me that you don't want my business without telling me that you don't want my business. Now, I could have saved this for a WTF Wednesday in which if there's any more development with this, it might get covered there as well. But uh, Dylan Mulvaney, you know, the dude that's all over the media that is dressing up like a girl, that dude, um, we, we talked a little bit about him a few weeks ago when he was on uh, Drew Barrymore show and how weird that got. Um, we've covered him, I think, a few different times as well, just be, as in terms of WTF, because this guy is absolutely weird. He is freaking weird. Well, apparently, um, Bud Light decided to to partner with Dylan Mulvaney. Now, I have no idea. Look, there's some people that are speculating, is this a joke? Is this a prank? Is it? Is this actually a real thing? And truth, I don't know. I don't know if this is an April Fool's thing or not. I, I have no clue. But he's had some weird videos on, on social media um, with Bud Light. Um, having a bunch of different beer cans in front of him and, and drinking beer. Um, and... It's almost like he's partnered with him. However, Bud Light has um, not made any mention of it, per se. Um, it, it looks like, at least on one of the Bud Light cans, uh, you can see Dylan Mulvaney's face on it. Now, again, is this real or is this a prank? I don't know. But if it is real, Bud Light, granted, I don't drink alcohol. But if I did, and I happen to drink, I'm like, are you are you trying to tell me that you don't want my business anymore because this is weird stuff. This is absolutely weird, weird stuff. Um, I mean, there was a concert in, in Nashville over the weekend with uh, drag queens and things like that. And and I'm like, after, and, and with, with trans men, you, or is it trans woman? I, I can never keep track of this crap anymore. In any case, This is kind of insulting to a lot of your base um, and and to those that typically buy your product. So why would you do this if this is actually true? I don't know. I just know. I just want to bring this up because it's weird. It's funny. It's also kind of disturbing. Um, and it's just, again, it's one of those things. Tell me you... Uh, Want my don't want my business by telling me without telling me you don't want my business, but you know who does want your business by the way is Coffee Brand Coffee. Wanted to bring this up as well because they are an absolute great sponsor. They don't care about your politics. They don't care about your vote. They don't care who you voted for in the past. They don't care who you're going to vote for in the future. They don't care about any of this. You know, we talked about the American dream just a little bit ago. Part of their version of the American dream is to make a great product. To be able to uh, give you a good 
solid product every morning in your coffee cup. Especially if you are not a morning person like me and and you want um, a good a good uh, cup of coffee. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Andrew swears by them, by the way. He, he tried the bourbon flavor recently. Said it's really good. Now, there's not actually bourbon in the coffee, folks. Can't believe I have to say that. But there's not actually bourbon in the coffee. It's just flavor. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. I highly recommend if you're going to go there, too, get something you know that you're going to like. Like, if you have a particular kind of flavor that you like now in your coffee, get that if it's available. And then try something that you think that you, like, hey, that this would be worth trying. I, I, I really want to try this. That's what I would do. And if you're not a coffee drinker, you could always try the, the tea or the hot chocolate. I've done the hot chocolate thing, and it's freaking fantastic. So all you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase today. And then I just want to end the show on this really quick. Donald Trump uh, was on his way to New York City today um, for his arraignment. And um, I saw, saw something from, from Mayor uh, Eric Adams, um, you know, telling people to keep their cool and things like that in terms of all this. All I can say is this with all the recent stuff, and I'm just going to reiterate what I said last week before I end the show. You better bring the receipts. You better have the proof. Because if you don't, and Donald Trump gets away with this, chances are you will not have another chance. And chances are you've given him the political ammo he needs for 2024. We'll see how this all plays out. But you best bring receipts, especially in this culture. If you don't do it, it's going to make things worse. And it better damn sight be worth it. Better be worth it. In any case. All right, I will be back tomorrow for some truth or fiction. Um, Until then, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's fight for that American dream. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.